Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. Today is an Ali Speaks segment, which is a solo episode. So today I thought I would share my journey through five years of business. This month in November, we are celebrating five years. Uh, We have been absolutely fully booked uh, that I nearly missed it. Thank goodness my my youngest turned five, which uh, prompted because I started my business when he was teeny, teeny, tiny. Uh, so today I'm really sharing uh, what my lessons are and have been through, through business. Uh, a little bit of a different take probably if you've heard these beforehand. Uh, as per usual, I've gone the alley style. Also, uh, really exciting news, uh, my book, Grunt, Grit and Grace, Lessons in Leadership from the Dance Floor to the Boardroom is coming out in my birthday week, which is the first week of December. If you would like to be part of the VIP launch, so this time we are looking to get an Amazon bestseller. I would love it for you to help me get there. Uh, You can go to madeformore.com.au forward slash grunt, grit and grace and uh, sign up for the the VIP book launch. Uh, I've got lots of little extras to send you. If you can't make your way there, uh, feel free to find me on the socials and say, hey, Ali, I want in on the VIP. But if you are an avid listener of the Made For More podcast, thank you. As always, I would absolutely love your support to be able to get us through to the Amazon bestseller. Uh, Head on there after you listen to this. But for now, let's jump in to the lessons across five years of the Made For More journey. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today is a little bit of a different episode. I am actually celebrating five years in business this month. So I'm recording this in November. For those of you who have been along the five-year journey, you will know it well. For those of you who I've only just met recently, you know, they say it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And I think most people don't realize how long Made For More has been around for, but also I wanted to take this time to kind of reflect on what it is that I've learned over the last five years. And just between you and me, it has been a wild ride. As any entrepreneur, small business owner will tell you it, you know, there's the highs of highs and the lowest of lows, but I did take some time out to stop and reflect. And it was when I was flying from Adelaide, I think, to Brisbane to do a keynote. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was from Adelaide to, to Melbourne to do a, a keynote for a client that has been on my vision board for a little while. You know, there's always those clients that you want to work with. And then you finally do and you think, oh my gosh, I've done it. Whoops. How did that happen? And I'll give you a hot tip. It happened not through luck, through some hard work, tenacity, and a whole lot of self-belief. So to kick this episode, I was like, oh, you know what would be good if started with that around business longevity and how that works. But there's lots of varying data. So 
everyone, every piece of data that I found suggested that only about 50% of businesses make it past the first 18 months. And of those 50%, only about 50% make it to five years. And I was reflecting on that and thinking, holy moly, we're only just getting started. You know, we are only just starting to really, really accelerate the impact that we're having, not only within Australia, but now more globally with some of our clients as well. So if it's all right with you, hang around. I wanted to, I wanted to share share my five-year journey more so to to just give a little bit of behind the scenes. Often you only see what's what's published, what's on socials and what you see of me on stage or at the front of the room. But of course, as you know, there's a whole, uh, there's a whole backlog of people, community, uh, team, and of course, my tiny people and my beautiful husband who are making this happen as well. Uh, so to give you a little bit of context, uh, my youngest, Eddie, he's just turned five, which was the reason I realized that the business was five. Otherwise, I would have missed it. Thank goodness for fourth-born children. And I actually started Made for More uh, when Eddie was only a few weeks old. Uh, as some of you will know, I was working for a government agency then, was really underutilized, didn't love it uh, as in at all. And uh, there was a, a recruitment process happening and there'd been a recruitment ban for a number of years, recruitment freeze, I should say, not a recruitment band, recruitment freeze. And I was updating my resume while I was holding him. And he was, you know, four weeks old, maybe five weeks old and absolutely gorgeous. But as many of you will know, newborn, newborn period, you're kind of sleep deprived, covered in tiny people. And that was, that was my story. And I was trying to update my resume to submit it for, you know, sort of a 12 month, in 12 months time when I was back from mat leave to be able to go to that next level of leadership, which had I hadn't been able to do. And it was beginning to grind my gears a little bit. The, the rules, as you know, throw out the rule book. And I was standing there thinking, oh, I haven't done any professional development for myself in the entire time that I had been with that government agency that I was really thinking had elevated my position. So I'd done lots of things outside of work, um, various bits and pieces that had interested me over the years, but in terms of having a real strong focus on career, I'd really dropped the ball because I'd been, you know, building a family, surviving, making sure that my tiny people were okay, and they certainly are all okay, but it really came to fruition when I thought, oh my gosh, this is so far away from where I used to be and how I used to position myself. I'm always someone who is highly driven, ambitious. You would have heard in my goal setting podcast, you know, I've been setting goals, very ambitious goals for myself for a very long time. And it kind of came like a slap in the face that I had forgotten where I was going. And I know that many women experience this. I know that many mothers experience this at some point in time during our childbearing years when we are, you know, raising the next generation of leaders, the future of leaders, we forget where where we're going and where we've come from. So it was a real reality check. And, you know, I was standing in front of the fridge, which is where all of my good choices tend to, tend to lead me. And, uh, you know, I had little Eddie on my, on my shoulder it was, you know, a snuggly, little snuggly bug and I was bawling my eyes out and my husband, bless his socks, came in and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, you know, I've done nothing with my life and I thought I would be so far ahead and I wanted to be doing more of this and more of that and I thought I could achieve more and I wanted to have more impact and I wanted to be able to do more and more for my children and more for myself and, you know, I, I wanted to be more. I was made for more than just, you know, plodding, plodding along and, and having children. I do love my children. I love my children. I love my children. And he he grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, you know, babe, let's 
let's just have a look here. This is not the end of your chapter. This is not the end of your book, rather. You can write your very next chapter. And I thought, oh, bald my eyes out a little bit more. He was absolutely right. I got so caught up thinking that that was sort of the end of the line for me, a bit depressing. But, you know, there's this whole new, I guess, iteration that took a turn. And that was very much the moment when I realised, yeah, actually, I have I have deviated a little bit away from what my ambitious plans were and registered my business made for more, I think, that night even and thought, yep, okay, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where it's going or what shape it will take, but I definitely know that this is the path I want to be taking. So fast forward five years and, you know, it's been, it's been a journey. It has been an amazing, amazing journey. I have met some incredible people. I've had some incredible coaches and mentors over that time. I've had some terrible ones uh, as well. And I think it's all just, uh, how, how do we you know, each and every one of these experiences and interactions has shaped me to where I am today. And I am so, so thankful for each and every one of those experiences. And yeah, this has been, this has been wild. So I thought I'd share some of the lessons. Now I haven't numbered them, which would have been helpful, but you know, we'll go with it. So number one was around win your own game. So Many, many years ago, I was training to do the City to Bay, which is a fun run in Adelaide, and I'd never, ever run before. I was visiting uh, one of my girlfriends at the time who lived in Melbourne, and I saw this sort of running tank top that said, win your own game. And as a non-runner who was trying to run, that was just sort of my my saving grace because I wasn't there trying to crack um, five-minute Ks. I wasn't trying to crack sub-60-minute 12 case, I think it is, whatever the whatever the measure is. See, I don't even care. Um, I just wanted to be able to run without having to stop for the whole race and you know, kind of keep up that cadence. So that was my my game. That was the only thing I needed to do. And I think the same exists in in business, particularly in the thought leadership space, in the leadership space where I like to play is there's a lot of leadership consultants out there. Not all of them are created equal and there is no right or wrong way. And I think one of my my saving graces has been how do I win my own game and define my own rules and actually develop the game for myself. So kind of sticking in, sticking in my own lane and for those people who spend a lot of time popping up and wondering what everyone else is doing, I am not one of those people. I've got no idea what some of my competitors are doing because it's none of my business. You know, uh, my business is around making sure that I'm doing the best that I can, delivering the best for my clients, delivering some exceptional results for the people that engage me to work with either them one-on-one or in their teams or across their organizations and going, okay, what's next on the on the horizon? What's the future of leadership look like? Where do we need to be helping people develop in that space? So win your own game, number one. I'm going to lose count. So you keep count as well. Number two is, oh, this is a, this one's probably a bit of a personal one. Ah, ambition can ostracize you. Now, I'm a highly ambitious person and have been since I was about three years old. I think in saying that, I'm also a very high performer. So I'm not sure if it's the high performance drives the ambition or the ambition drives the high performance. I couldn't say, but I have some fairly lofty goals when it comes to business, both on impact and revenue uh, and how I want made to more made for more to look. And I need to, one of the lessons that I've learned is, making sure that we share those ambitions and goals 
with people that understand it and get it. Early on in my business, I shared it sort of with, you know, with my friends, with some people that I knew, you know, within my network that were not in business. And holy moly, I was not ready for the ostracization that happened of, you know, Ali's too big for her boots and that's a really big goal and you'll never get that. And why would you want to do that when you can be home with your children? So I think, you know, I wrote a... I wrote an article once around, are you too ambitious, which kind of stemmed from a comment that I received from someone that said, you know, well, you are ambitious, dear. And I'm like, yeah, I am. That's part of my identity. I think we need more people with some ambition and uh, those that are driving their life. But uh, one of my key takeaways from being ambitious and being called out for being ambitious, particularly in the negative way, you know, if you find people that are cheerleaders for you, oh, hold on to them very tight but it made me realize around where I value feedback and specifically around not being available for feedback that is based on other people's own limitations and limiting beliefs so when I'm looking for feedback and I only will seek feedback now when I want it as opposed to someone saying hey can I give you feedback no you cannot because you are not qualified uh being really clear around who is qualified to give me feedback and making sure that they are equally, if not more ambitious than I am as well. So being clear on who are your people that can provide you feedback and can they build you up when it comes to your ambitious goals and what you're aiming for. So that's number two. Uh, Number three, so this is the unexpected gift to my children. As many of you know, I've got four tiny people, um, all boys, and I didn't realize the impact uh, around having a business and running a business in front of my children would have. Yes, it seems very naive, but I just, I didn't realize what the impact would be. So my eldest, Max, he, he loves it. He's all about it. He goes, how can I, how can I work in a business? But he is very, very good. So he often will help me send out books to people that order books through our website. So there's Rise of the Courageous Leader, there's Grunt, Grit and Grace, and we've also got our Crush It daily uh, journal as well. And uh, when I first released Rise of the Courageous Leader, I think we sent out something like 300 pre-orders, which was sensational. Thank you to everyone who pre-ordered. He was the one that sat with me at the dining table, helped me wrap all the books, helped me, you know, assign them all. They're all personally signed. And he got all the stickers for the 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 mail to print that out. And um, he was the one that, you know, popped them into the career packaging and put the stickers on and throughout that conversation it was hours and he was fully engaged for hours but he learned around copyright law and he learned about the publishing process and book writing he even we talked about profit margins we talked about freight costs we talked about how to beautifully wrap a book you're welcome to anybody who receives a gift from him in the future but he asked really clever questions and he got curious and I was able to to share that with him and uh, his official book per book sender and he's only 10 now so I'll keep I'll keep him on track to see what else he can do but you know this unexpected gift to my children and vice versa so when I was writing Grunt Grit and Grace he was there around the time for those of you who don't know the story it took me a week to write Grunt Grit and Grace I was in this a magical container where you kind of just that's all you do is write. And he would come in and bring me some snacks or water or just check where I was going. And I had a whiteboard set up behind me and he had drawn a, a graph that's kind of said, where are we up to? Mom, have you got any things that you're stuck on? How far do you think you're tracking? 
and it was it was just gorgeous. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. So number three is around the unexpected gift to my children. Number four, now this you may have heard me speak about in the past, particularly if you've seen me speaking as a keynote on stage. It is called the Echo of Life. So a little while ago, a couple of years ago, I heard about a podcast by Ed Milet. It is called The Echo of Life. I'll put the link into the show notes. Now, I must have listened to this podcast 60-ish plus years, uh, years, no, not years, uh, times. And uh, what Ed Milet talked about is essentially the effort that you put in today, you won't see the output of that for, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months. But you still need to keep putting in the effort because at some point the effort is going to echo back to you. And uh, I think in business it can be really tricky, particularly when you're doing a lot of work but not seeing the results straight away. And when I heard his podcast, I was like, oh, yes. And 2023 has been our absolute biggest, most incredible year in business. And it's really interesting because a lot of that work that has come to us, a lot of the clients that we're working with, have been people that saw me speak two years ago, 18 months ago, three years ago. And this is, you know, living proof of the echo. So the effort that you put in today will come back to you at some stage. And the key part being you need to keep putting in the effort. So you've got that pipeline of echo coming back. So the echo of life by Ed Milet absolutely changed uh, my perspective on on business and uh, getting runs on the board. And I'll make sure I'll link it. So yeah, it's, it's an absolute cracker when you listen to it. I hope you enjoy it. I can't remember what number we're up to, maybe four or five. Roots give you wings. Now, many years ago when my first son was born, there was a a seasoned mother who said, you know, you want to give your children roots so that they can have wings and fly. And essentially it was like, make it safe for them when they're young so that they have that self-assurance to be able to go on and do incredible things. And I really loved that concept. And I think the same thing in business. So detail is not an area of expertise of mine. In fact, I would openly say it's one of my biggest weaknesses is attention to detail in saying that I do love structure. So structure, cadence, frameworks, all of that, I would call it boring stuff. Some people are like boring. You've got to be kidding me. That's the, the things that we we love. But the structure, having some cadence, having frameworks in place has allowed me freedom of creativity, flexibility in the moment and the ability to be present. Most recently, I'm running a series of workshops for a client and uh, we we had a, a rough outline of each of them and uh, we got to workshop two so this was all around bringing a, a large team together so about 35 people in the same team bringing them all together on a bit of a journey to redefine their values and redefine their their team charter uh, and by workshop two there was a few questions coming up you know before morning tea and I thought oh, we, we are going to have to address some of these comments that are coming up because it's the elephant in the room and we need to get it done. And uh, what ended up happening is, you know, morning tea, I uh, pulled up a few ideas, chatted chatted with the person who had organised it, the head of the department, and we've gone, yes. And for the rest of the afternoon, the workshop completely unplanned. However, because I had the structure in place, because I had the frameworks already as part of my, my readme, as part of my thought leadership, we could draw on those to be able to have an, an afternoon, so morning, morning tea onwards, morning tea, lunch, you know, those important things, an amazing unplanned 
but full of creativity and it addressed a lot of the issues that were holding the, the team back, but it was completely un, unscripted. I don't really script anything, but, you know, it was completely unplanned. And, you know, I got home that night and, and my husband's like, oh, you know, how were the, how'd you go with the session? Did you follow the slides? I'm like, oh no, <laughs> we did not. The slides went out the window. So I think having that in place, having the, the roots, having the foundation work in place allows so much opportunity for creativity, for flexibility to be able to move and sway in the moment. And if you're watching this, I'm moving and swaying. If you're listening, I'll let you know I'm moving and swaying. Number five or number six, I don't know what number we're up to. Don't let anyone dull your light. I alluded to this earlier in this episode, but being around people who provide you unsolicited feedback, unsubscribe unsubscribe from that. You don't need those people uh, to provide you feedback, but finding your hype crowd. So being aware of who is qualified to provide you feedback. And in the words of Rihanna, shine bright like a diamond. Number six. Oh, I love, I love this lesson. that I've learned. I love my own lesson that I've learned. So as you know, I work in the leadership space. I work in the communication space, specifically around, you know, people who interact with other people. And uh, my lesson is this. People are people are people. So to date, I've worked across 36 plus industries, all around courageous leadership, all around courageous conversations, all around courageous teams, courageous presenting, you get the theme. And each of those industries, although, you know, highly diverse, and there's a lot of differences between them, they all have this one common need, and that is their ability to interact and connect with each other. So uh, leadership, as you would be aware, there's a massive leadership debt happening right now. So leadership is needed everywhere across all industries, across all levels, as is communication. We are terrible communicators, generally speaking, and our ability to communicate is really what's going to set us up for success over the next three to five years. And uh, my lesson around people are people are people is people go, potential clients will ask me and say, oh, will it work in our industry? If you have people who talk to each other or don't talk to each other, Yes, it absolutely will. So keeping in mind that at the end of the day, we are all people and most of us are trying to do the right thing, do well at work and get along in the workplace as well. Number seven, I think we're up to, and this one, number seven is naivety can be a gift. Oh, this was a good lesson to learn. Um, so when I started my business, as I mentioned, my little guy was only four or five weeks old. I registered an AVN and thought, hey, you're in business. I had no idea what I was doing from a business perspective. So I had a lot of experience, a lot of expertise in leadership and, and leading teams in terms of running a business, a profitable business, a have, having the structure set up, having the cadence set up, having a website, goodness me. I had no idea what was do what I was doing, but what was really wonderful about that, a few things, is it meant I had no preconceived limitations to what was possible. So I had no idea about what I should and should not be doing, which meant I got to do it my own way. I learned at a very, very rapid pace. So I built my own website. I did all of the things. And if any of you know me personally, I'm very good at collapsing time. So I did things at rapid, rapid speed because I had no preconceived ideas around what was air quotes right and what was air quotes wrong. So naivety can be a gift. If I knew what I know now, 
would I do it again? I mean, probably because I'm a sucker, but yeah, there was a lot that I have had to learn very, very quickly. And there's a lot that I would definitely do differently had I do it, had I had the, have, I don't want to say this. If I have the opportunity again, I will do it differently and certainly learn some things a lot earlier in the process. Uh, I think we're up to number eight now. And uh, this was really what turned my business around. So ideas are valuable. Uh, I was just speaking to someone yesterday. I'm at a conference here in Melbourne to to speak. So it's a women's executive leadership conference. Um, And I was speaking to someone about AI and we're talking about how it's kind of taking over the world and what's happening. And I think the biggest risk for any kind of AI to be introduced in in the corporate world, in the in the business world, all over, is that we get lazy and we stop thinking for ourselves. And I really hope that people recognise the importance of our ability to think, rather than taking the easy way out. So number eight is all around ideas are valuable. So when I first started my business, I had a coach actually. So I engaged a coach early on who told me that I had too many ideas, and. At the time, I was like, right, yeah, okay, you know, they're they're the professional, they're the expert, too many ideas, shut those ideas down and just focus on whatever it happened to be, just the one, the one thing, which was good, except I had all these ideas and they wouldn't kind of leave me alone. And I kept thinking about, oh, what would happen with this and what would happen with that? And, you know, what's my perspective on this? And people were asking me my opinions and I was sharing my take on it, my thought leadership on it without really realising the power of that. And about two years into my business, actually, this is a good story. So it was March 2020, as you may recall, what happened in March 2020, but I'd actually quit my day job. So I'd quit working in the government in February 2020. When we talked about things that I would learn and do differently, this is definitely one of them. Uh, Don't quit your day job if there's a pandemic looming. And so March 2020, it was like middle of March, I had rocked up to an event and it was a Professional Speakers Australia Association event and I had no idea what it was. I just had somehow found it on on the socials and rocked up and it was a room full of speakers and I had no idea that speaking was a proper profession I just thought it was people that were retired retired men white men who often were speaking for like a a dinner after dinner speech or something like that or you know Olympians or people that had climbed Mount Everest, not just your regular mothers of four who are deeply passionate about leadership. I didn't know that was even an opportunity. When we talk about naivety, had no idea. And this community, Professional Professional Speakers Australia, had a large cohort of people who are thought leaders. And I was like, oh, what is a thought leader? And uh, all of a sudden I went down the rabbit hole of thought leadership and was like, ah, these are my people. So I started to unleash and unravel and repackage and put into models years and years and years of thinking and perspective, which really set my business apart from this is different from regurgitating models that may have been standing the test of time, um, but really really standing out as a thought leader um, 
in leadership and in communication and developing sort of my take on real life experiences that I've had over the last 20 odd years, um, which is getting a bit scary. It's my birthday next week. So we'll stick with 20 for now. You know, really interesting thought leadership and being able to unpack that and, and repackage that. And a big cathartic part of that was actually unpacking a lot of it through my first book, which is Rise of the Courageous Leader. And that was really when I was like, oh, yes, I am absolutely a thought leader in this space. What is it that I think about that? So love it. So number eight, nine, I don't know where we're up to, is around ideas are valuable. Our ability to think is really valuable. Our perspectives are really valuable. And being able to share that has been a wonderful lesson in business. Number 10, we must be up to now. I wonder how many I've got. I should have numbered these. This is the detail part that you're seeing now is hearing now is where most detailed people would have numbered them. Uh, number 10, we'll go with 10, uh, is slow down to speed up. You would have heard me say this uh, time and time again, taking time out to plan, whether it's plan the week, whether it's plan the month, whether it's plan the year, uh, is so important to be able to go fast or go far. Uh, I would, I really value planning. I think we don't spend enough time to do it. We are right in the midst of planning for 2024 at the moment with my team, and it is panning out to be an absolute cracker. Side note, we're going to have some public courses, which people have been asking for, a lot more speaking engagements, which is wonderful, and we've got some really fantastic sort of transformational leadership programs following the courageous leaders model, but really setting leaders up for success for the future of leadership in the next three to five years. So that is very, very cool as well. But slowing down to speed up often feels counterintuitive, but the clearer that we are, the more time we spend planning, the easier it is to execute at the other end. Number 11, this is my favourite lesson. I don't even know if this is a lesson from business or a lesson from life. Number 11 is it's a good day to have a good day. Almost all of my social media starts with it's a good day to have a good day. And I think when we when we get our mindset right, when we recognise how we want to show up in the world with intention, it allows us to be able to be in that positive state of mind. So it is a good day to have a good day. And whenever I, anyone asks me, you know, hey, how's your day going? I'm like, oh, it's a good day to have a good day. And it almost stops people in their tracks because they're like, oh, I guess it is. And this this kind of stems off of, you know, are you having a bad day or are you having a, a bad five minutes that changed, that turned into a bad day? And our ability to set our emotional state, mental state in the right frame of mind from the get-go is really, really important for any any business leader, any leader in general, because there's going to be things that, you know, come out of left field, unexpected, and we can either let it derail us for the whole day or the whole week or, you know, even longer, or we can go, okay, that was a bad blip in my day, but actually today is a good day. So, you know, getting your mental state right is really, really important. Number 12, Tenacity wins every race. So I was speaking to one of my coaches, Jane Anderson, exceptional, exceptional woman. And um, I was talking a little bit around my ability to collapse time and how I can just, I can do a lot, right? I've, I can do a lot, which is very, very cool. Um, but we came down to it around, uh, we came to, came to the conclusion of 
you know, I have quite a bit of focus and a big goal. And when I know where I'm going to point the arrow, I can just make magic happen. And I think it's because I am tenacious. So I'm not a quitter, which I talk about in my second book, Grunt, Grit and Grace, which is lessons in leadership from the dance floor to the boardroom. But I talk about tenacity being a key part of that. So I think it's probably a learned skill from early childhood of not quitting, not giving up, doubling down. Um, But what I've learned in business is there are a lot of people who quit early on. What I've learned in leadership is there are a lot of people that either quit or coast early on and uh, tenacity. It it does. It wins every race. I think I'm going to get it on a cap, have a bit of made for more merch. Tenacity wins every race. Good one. I just said good one to myself. There you go. I'm the biggest high person I know. Uh, I don't know what number we're up to, but the next lesson is around containers. Now, I'm not talking Tupperware. I'm talking your ability to hold stuff, hold space for people. I have a huge, huge capacity. I am luckily someone who can hold a lot, a lot of the time. My capacity to manage multiple projects, clients, uh, (laughs) a thousand children and their bloody socks. Um, it seems to expand and contract at various times. It's a little bit like Mary Poppins bag. So there are some people who, you know, who don't have a large capacity and that is okay. Sometimes it's, you know, teeny tiny like a thimble and there are others who have large capacity to be able to do stuff. Um, I'm someone who enjoys that. Uh, I'm someone who really thrives on my ability to be able to hold big spaces. And I'm talking big spaces for big stuff, big work, big emotions. I can hold big audiences um, because I've allowed myself to have that capacity. There are others that cannot. And to those that have a capacity of a thimble, I'm quite overwhelming to them. Um, However, I think that's one of my superpowers. So that's another lesson. We're getting close to the end, I promise. I don't know what number we're up to, but around celebrating wins, large and small. So my clients and my community, the Slay Slay and Sparkle community, we have got a ta-da activity. So instead of your to-do activity, we talk about ta-das. What are you celebrating? What's exciting? What do you want to look back on and actually go, yeah, geez, that was really good. And uh, we're about to launch our 2024 planning that's going to have your ta-das, your to-dos, your toodaloos. See you later. That's what you're going to stop doing. And also your takeaways. So what are the, the big learnings? So that's the, the four T's of um, our planning for 2024. Two more. There's two more to go. So this second to last one is a lesson. Now, I've always lived this way. I just didn't know it was going to be a, a business lesson, uh, but it's around loving people hard. Now, in 2022, uh, as I mentioned I was part of the Professional Speakers Australia Association. Uh, In 2022, I won their Kerry Nan Scholarship. So the scholarship is for the next up-and-coming speaker uh, and you you get mentored. It's it's an amazing program. You get mentored by a whole bunch of very clever people, you know, get to get to be mentored by some of the most exceptional people. And it was a rapid year of learning. Also, 2022 was probably the hardest year of my life personally my husband had some pretty serious mental health stuff so managing the best yeah and work yeah at the same time was very very challenging and we talk about containers my container in 2022 was was busting at the seams but one of these things around love people hard is I was mentored mentored by an incredible woman her name is Lisa McGuinness-Smith 
And uh, she is just love, love on legs. She is absolutely amazing. She came into my world at just the right time and her capacity to love people is absolutely boundless. Like she just, she just oozes love for anyone who is in her in her space, you know, any, anywhere. So she is absolutely amazing. And one of my personal lifelong KPIs, so key performance indicators will be to love like Lisa does. And I will never, ever reach it because, oh my gosh, she is amazing, but I will try my best to love people as hard as she does. My last one, this is the last one. So as I mentioned, I wrote a book called Grunt, Grit and Grace. And this is my final lesson. These are Grunt, Grit and Grace is my biggest assets and what has really set my business on the path that it is. Someone asked me, and you can read about this in the book, someone asked me what was the link between Courageous Conversations and my background as a professional ballet dancer and I ruminated on it and I thought about it and it stuck there like a pesky thought that needed to be unpacked and I came up with the, the the three key ingredients and it was grit and grace. And the more that I wrote about this in the book, the more that I was like, yeah, actually this is sort of a lifelong journey of or a, almost like a, a handbook on high performance and being able to do amazing things and making it look good at the end. So I've done lots of um, tiebacks, lots of lessons in leadership from the dance floor to the boardroom. So I've crossed off, crossed off. No, I haven't crossed it off. I've, what is the word I'm looking for? See, I don't script these. I have unpacked the skills that I learned through my life as a dancer and how that transferred to skills in my life as a leader and now how I'm using those skills to help my my clients become much better leaders. Some of them are, you know, highly performing leaders that I work with on one-on-one, so our execs and our C-suite um, leaders and then also anyone emerging leaders. How do we set them up for success early on? So I will I will put all of these in the show notes I think as as numbered so that you, so that I know how many but we maybe were at 14 or 15 I'm not sure that many but they are all of my lessons in I was going to say lessons in leadership through the no it, that's the wrong tagline Ali that has been my lessons in the 5 years of business and when I was reflecting on this I was like wow that is a lot that you've learned in um 5 short years and I'm sure there would be more as well these were just sort of the standout ones and the biggest thing that that really drove it home for me is throughout all of these lessons, throughout the incredible journey that Made For More has been on, we are only just getting started. Like I feel like we are only just, yeah, just at the start line. Like we haven't even done some of the things that, that are on my ambition list, that are on my goals list. And I cannot wait to see what 2024 brings. I cannot wait to see what the next five years bring. It is going to be a remarkable journey. It is going to be a, yeah, it's going to be amazing. So if you would like to get amongst the Made For More community, feel free to reach out to me on the socials. I hang out mostly on LinkedIn. So Ali Nitschke, N-I-T. S-C-H-K-E. If you would like to order books, Grunt, Grit and Grace and Rise of the Creators Leader, jump onto the website, which is madeformore.com.au forward slash books. I would love that if you would like to read some of my thought leadership around leadership and you know what, what it means to be a high performer. Otherwise, I think that is enough enough of a solo episode i will chat to you soon i cannot wait bye for now 
Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.